0: Kayat Mila Falsha, 100,000 Welcomes from Visit Scotland. A podcast meeting people and sharing stories from the country that we love. Today, culture.
1: Welcome to Scotland. I'm Neil Robertson. As a Scottish travel writer and blogger, I know that the North East has a thriving cultural scene. So I've come to the heart of Aberdeen to see what the Granite City has to offer. I've just stepped outside of my hotel, and one thing that strikes me immediately is that I'm surrounded by artworks. Whether it's huge murals, small stickers, or witty interventions on those unsightly telecoms boxes that you pass by on the street, you just can't help but feel there's art everywhere. And I'm here to meet somebody who can tell me more about that.
2: I'm Angela Joss. I've worked with New Art Aberdeen Street Art Festival since its beginnings here back in 2017.
1: Straight away, on this big cylindrical wall up here, we've got a beautiful piece, a huge spread. And it's a, it's a young lassie with very soulful eyes. She looks deep in reflection. And there's a message here as well on this piece.
2: So it's about taking um, symbols and things that are beloved of Aberdonians. And that's what New Art always does, is take takes bits of the culture that it's coming into and integrates them with a new twist. So you can see a lighthouse up there. Is there anything more symbolic of hope than a a lighthouse and anything more beloved, I guess, than sailors to Aberdeen coming home and seeing seeing, um, that lighthouse? There's also unicorns, which is obviously on the the Aberdeen crest, and there is the archetypal seagull. Love them or loathe them, they're everywhere in Aberdeen. (laughs) But it says, do not hide your light because... You are that light, and um, it is said in the three years that she has been here, gazing soulfully down. We are told that wherever you are here, she looks like she's looking straight at you, um, and, and and she's beautiful here in the sunlight. But see when it's dusky and the streets are lit up, and it's kind of Decemberish and um, frosty this is just absolutely haunting it's it's lit up and it's beautiful then as well and that's really a legacy piece um you know a piece of culture that is so accessible to Aberdonians and so beloved now and it's only been here for three years okay so we're, we're in what is arguably the very center of Aberdeen the green which would have been the center of everything some centuries ago and this wall here is one of the oldest walls in Aberdeen, and you see here that one of uh, this year's street artists has has done this intervention. This is Jan Wernmann's, um Lego pieces. So he fills gaps in walls with this Lego. But this is particularly poignant because there would have been a house here, and underneath, children were kept. So children were rounded up, kidnapped, um, off of the streets. three three centuries ago and kept here until such times as there was enough of them to put on a boat where they were transported to um, the new USA Mm. and and sold as white slaves. And and now I think it's particularly poignant that you look up here and there's all the Lego, which, you know, Mm. modern children would play with. And I just think that's the beauty of somebody coming in from the outside, learning a bit about the, the local culture, and then put in a twist. When you look at the big walls, you think, mm, it's maybe a bit of Lego that's been put somewhere, but then when you kind of give it a bit of thought, it's like, wow, that's mind-blowing and, and really you know, emotional and moving when you know the, the history.
1: It is, it is. emotional straight away. Absolutely. Yeah. And
2: and uh, Martin Reed, who is the CEO of New Art and we work with very closely. That's what he says about street art. That it's often it's often not beautiful, but it's always truthful, and it should be accessible. It is for anybody. And and street art is is what you make it as well. Which is why there's loads and loads of tiny interventions all over Aberdeen. Another one is a little. Men, actually, um, about six inches tall. That was from two years ago. There's... Ah, there he goes. Now, you see, the big thing is to spot them all because only the guy that went round with the artist and the artist know where they all are. So there are other areas in the city centre that have got lots of these little men. But the, the competition last year, if you like, for Aberdonians, was to spot all of them. And then you look behind you and you've got this man.
1: Yes, and I recognise this guy from Glasgow. Smug's done quite a few pieces. And this is a completely different kettle of fish. This is big, it's bold, it's vibrant. It takes up a huge chunk of the street. What do you think of that?
2: Well, I love it. I love Smug. This is a a chap holding his fairly fluffy and cute looking dog, Mm. I would have to say. The dog's name is Bear. This is Smug's barber, he always does people that, that he knows. Funnily enough, one of the street art tours, because Aberdeen Inspired put on free street art tours every Saturday and every Sunday throughout the summer until October, one of the street art tour guides was telling me that Smug likes to do red-headed people because he has a theory that there's only five types of red-headed configured faces. And that once you've captured them, everybody thinks they recognise somebody that's a redhead. So that makes this art universal. So I just learned that the other day and I'm really tickled by that whole kind of redhead Scottish archetypal feel to it. So, I mean, both that dog and that chap are ginger. You know, yeah. you can't go wrong with that in Scotland.
1: Yep, yep. a definitely appealing to a big part of the demographic. Absolutely. For sure.
2: So I know you've got to walk up to the gallery, so let's walk up here. This is Correction Wind and I'll show you a couple of pieces of art that just happen to be here. So um, Correction Wind is where um, convicts, I guess, prisoners were walked to all sorts of fates, to prison or ultimately um, to be hung. Uh, We're now underneath Union Street And um, we're coming up on the left to the wall of St. Nicholas Kirk. So St. Nicholas Kirk is one of uh, Aberdeen's oldest churches. There's been some kind of religious um, building on there for over a 1,000 years. But it also has a very dark uh, place in Aberdonian history as well. We had in Aberdeen one of the the largest amounts of women burnt as witches. And... um, while they were on trial or awaiting trial, they were held, of all places, in St. Nicholas Kirk, in the church. So last year, the London ceramicist, Carrie Reichart came up. And last year, it just happened to be that there was a bit of a feminist twist to Newark. There were some uh, gallus quines, as you can (laughs) imagine. Uh, That was a phrase that uh, we suggested to Carrie, and she loved it. So she said here... She's put famous Aberdonian women and it's in the wall of St Nicholas Lane and she calls it We Are The Granddaughters Of All The Witches You Were Never Able To Burn
1: What have we here? Here lies a tree
2: so here we are in um, St Nicholas' Kirkyard um, and and this has got, I guess, some of the, the, the oldest graves of the kind of merchants and, and, and people of note in Aberdeen. And this tree stump is a collaboration between MMM, who's an artist that came over to do this year's new art, and local artist Sheila Swanson. So they decided to tile um, this tree stump and as you say it says here lies a tree 1825 to 1987 and of course because it's here it's a tree that's been chopped down and it's in a graveyard yeah it's the juxtaposition between old and new it's uh, one of the newest cultural forms street art and it's been brought into this very old place a graveyard
1: and with that that's a good time to to say our goodbyes because we can just see aberdeen art gallery in the horizon so angela joss thank you very much for your time and showing us a very different side to aberdeen you're very welcome now it's not your typical gallery experience to have to put on safety boots and the high-vis vest but that's what we're doing today because aberdeen art gallery is on the brink of reopening to the public.
0: I'm Christine Rue, I'm the Art Gallery Museum's manager and we're standing here in Aberdeen Art Gallery.
1: And I've come here for my very own private viewing.
0: Hello Neil, welcome to Aberdeen Art Gallery. Um, What you're seeing at the moment is a building that's almost ready to be open but not quite. That's because we're in the final stages of redeveloping this fabulous Victorian building. We talk about Aberdeen Art Gallery but actually when we're talking about this it's a a site of three A-listed buildings all conjoined together on the one complex the Art Gallery founded in 1885 the Remembrance Hall and the city's um, war memorial in front of it that came in in the 1920s and the Cowdery Hall which is a recital hall with the most amazing acoustics um, that was also built in the 1920s and we've wanted with this project to bring these three separate buildings together and make sense of them.
1: And the gallery's always been at the, the, the heart of Aberdeen's cultural scene. What for you personally are the big significant differences now?
0: Well, the game changer for me is the new top floor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's allowed us to return original gallery spaces back to the collections and to show so much more of our collection than we were able to do before. Neil, I'd really love to take you through to Gallery 1, which is the the gallery that most people will start their visit. Um, It's got um, some of our key artworks on display in there.
1: Fantastic, let's do it. So it's a bit of a challenge for the imagination, this. We're looking at a, a bare white wall, but what will be here when the gallery opens?
0: Well, of course, I can see all the paintings and all the objects that are going to be in this space. And if you can imagine, just looking over there in front of you is one of our best known pictures. It's actually called to Pastures New, but it's affectionately called The Goose Girl because it's a beautiful representation of a young goose girl herding a flock of geese. What was so interesting about the painting when it was created in the 19th century is that the geese are actually walking out of the picture was painted by Sir James Guthrie, one of the Glasgow boys, very famous Mm -hmm. artist. And I think a lot of Aberdonians associate that painting with the art gallery. So it was really important to us that it took pride of place in Gallery One. We were actually going to tell the story of why we collect and what we collect, and actually talk about some of the controversial pieces that we've collected in the past as well. We've always collected contemporary work so we acquired the Guthrie within about three years of us opening. That now means we've got over 130 years' worth of contemporary art. But ideas of contemporary
1: art change. So second to, to being in a very light space, my eyes immediately drawn to this spectacular freeze. It's almost like the biotapestry tapestry or something that's running around the perimeter of the roofline. What's the story with that?
0: Well, come on, let's go upstairs and have a closer look. So here we are. This was um, the top floor previously. It's now our first floor. And the frieze that you were looking at is actually a copy of the Parthenon frieze. Perhaps you can see it's been created in lots of panels.
3: Hmm. And
0: this was put in in 1904. And the reason I know that is that when we were developing the building, we had a huge scaffold in this space over here with a crash deck on it. and. I was, um, I don't know whether the word's privileged or not, but I was able to go up. It was quite scary. Um, I don't have a great head for heights. <laughs> but when we got to this height here, um, we had removed the freeze to protect it during the redevelopment, and there, chopped on the wall, was the initials of the people who'd originally put it in, and the date 1904. And then, looking over in that direction you can see there's a new gallery over there um, mm-hmm. I'd love to tell you a bit more about that, shall we walk over?
1: Yes, let's Definitely getting a sense of the anticipation despite all the workman's ladders and the the, 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 the smells and the machinery that are all lying around here, well. it's not long now
0: this is one of my this is one of my favourite spaces um, because you can see there's cases around the walls. They're empty at the moment. But tomorrow we start to install our jewellery collection here. We've never been able to show it in specialist jewellery cases. So I'm really excited about that. And the way the the reason we've been able to do that is that This space here is a new space that we've created. It's got fabulous views looking down Belmont Street. Mm. And these cases invite you to almost get really up close and press your nose against the glass. And jewelry and other small objects lend themselves to that type of display. Mm. So some of my favorite pieces will be going on display here.
1: So I'm a a Glasgow boy, so I come from a city that's got a big Victorian past and that is influenced in the culture as well. It's the same story here, isn't it? There's a Victorian core.
0: Yes, that's right. I mean, for us particularly, that connection with Victoria and Albert Mm. um, coming up to Aberdeen and then going out towards Balmoral is a, a big thing for Aberdonians. So we're looking over here at um, the space where we're going to hang two of our largest portraits of Queen Victoria and Albert, her concert. What's interesting about these paintings is not only their enormous size, but this is one of the few paintings of Victoria dressed not in black, because as you know after Albert passed away she immediately went into mourning. If, if we walk through that way I can talk to you about two new commissions that we've made from the one space let's go through and i'll show you one of the spaces where we're going to put one excellent so neil i've brought you into quite a different space Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we've actually come through from the gallery into the remembrance hall and you can see the the treatment here is quite different
4: noticeably we have
0: white walls Um, We've retained the lovely grey marble floor underneath the wrappers downstairs. And the other major feature here is that if you'd been familiar with the building before we closed, you'd never have got into this space before. And what we've done is we've raised the height of the balcony so that it's now a smooth transition from the gallery straight through into the Remembrance Hall. When we were thinking about this space, we were wondering how do you programme and um, put artwork in a remembrance hall um, as part of a gallery visit. So with that idea in mind, we thought we'd like to commission an artwork that spoke about the people who'd given their lives in the theatre of war.
5: My name is Gordon Pumlet, I'm a maker, independent researcher. Uh, and have been commissioned to make a, a new piece for this wonderfully rejuvenated space.
1: We are standing in the Remembrance Hall and on one of the, the walls, we've got some spokes coming out of the wall. There's clearly something imminent here, but fortunately we have Gordon with us and he has brought a, a model of what is going to be in this very spot. Can you talk us through the visual appearance of this work?
5: It's three, and a, going to be three and a half metres high, just under a metre and a half wide, the structure is made from thin stainless steel, made locally at the Newborough by Wilkie Engineering. It's covered with both mar- marble and granite. The insets of marble are from some of the reconstituted marble uh, recovered from the building during this restoration. So that's a nice touch. My background is kind of interesting and uh, relevant because I was born in Fraserburgh, a little bit further north. And when I left school, I was an apprentice in a granite yard. And so I was employed as a letter cutter. During that time uh, of my apprenticeship, I um, cut various war memorials. And so uh, it's rather interesting and, and kind of an interesting journey to come back to be involved using these materials and uh, referencing uh, that um, link in a, in a quite a different way.
1: Just to give listeners a, an idea of what this piece really looks like, it's, it's like a standing stone, it's also like a, the military wing of a plane, but within the structure itself there's beautiful, colourful, delicate forget-me-nots which immediately gets your mind racing. You can tell the symbolism is a very, very important part of this
5: piece. The forget-me-nuts are um, a universal symbol of remembrance, as the piece is named Forget Them Nut.
1: So thank you very much, Gordon, for for showing us this beautiful piece of work, which we're all looking forward to seeing already, I think. All the best with it.
5: That's very kind of you. Thank you very much, indeed. Is it safe to go upstairs? Thank
0: you. Um. Now, we're getting close to the big reveal. This is a space that none of our visitors will have been um, on before, because this is the new top floor. Isn't it just marvellous?
1: It's so light. I mean, that's obviously the key, but it's massive as well. A lovely place to just sit yeah. and relax.
0: It's fabulous and and there is the terrace that I was um, mentioning before and the dome of the Remembrance Hall that we've just been in.
1: And from here there's some stunning views we can have over Aberdeen and as far as the hills so can we go yeah. and have a look and see of what we course. can spot? Of
0: course. I think these are new views for people. This is one of the highest buildings in this area. So here we are looking down Belmont Street, right down to Union Street and then there's the hills beyond
2: mm.
1: My next guest failed as an offshore worker, an actor and undertaker, but he's since found his stride in crime. He's a leading light in the Tartan Noir crime-writing scene, with 12 novels in the Logan McRae series. And I'm off to the Prince of Wales, a traditional-looking pub, just a stone's throw from the bustle of Union Street, to meet Stuart McBride. Lovely to meet you, Stuart. And why have you brought us to this pub in particular?
4: Well, as you can see outside, it is a beautiful sunny day. And I thought, as we're both Scottish, we could have gone and sat uh, in the dead centre, which is St. Nicholas Kirk. But chances are we were going to get terribly sunburned. And so a nice dark environment is what Scottish people need on a sunny day.
1: Far too much vitamin D out there for our liking. And I wonder if we can dive right in and um, get you in your own words to introduce us. So, Logan McRae? Um, Well,
4: Logan McRae is sort of the antithesis of all the crime novels that I've loved reading for my entire life. Because they always have this weirdo who is the hero. So, Rebus is a bit strange. Sherlock Holmes, again, is a weirdo. Morse was a weirdo. Classic Cars, Relay, all the rest of the stuff. But they always have a sidekick. I thought, wouldn't it be nice to write about the sidekick instead? So Logan McRae is actually a normal person. He's a normal guy doing a difficult job. And it's the people that he works for and with, they should be the heroes of the story, because they're all freaks and heroes. So it's just, it's,
1: just, it's just crime fiction, but the, r- the wrong way around. And was there an inspiration behind the character? Are you basing him on someone, or is this something that, that you've just created as it's come along? No, I just made him up um, one day while walking up Union Street
4: I think I was just going past the music hall when I started to think, yeah, yeah if, it
1: was, if it was if it was about Watson rather than about Holmes, that would be interesting. So, it came from Aberdeen. Super. And and crime writing in Scotland seemed to kind of go hand in hand. It's a bit of a match made in heaven. What is it about Scotland? So, if you cut a Scottish person in half,
4: like a stick of Blackpool rock, it says Thrawn all the way through. And you know, a lot of people don't quite get that about the Scottish character. Uh, we we do not like being told what to do. You know, a lot of the time uh, Rebus doesn't, what he really wants to do is prove his superiors wrong by solving the crime and the same thing is true with Hamish Macbeth for example, M.C. Beaton's books yeah, yeah. incredibly throng character um, and it's it, all of our crime fiction d- has that in common, it's all that we're not, good, um, we're not good with authority we're not good at being told what to do
1: uh, and, and I think that really comes through so Aberdeen is central to the, the stories, no, all all through the series. Is there is there more you can tell us about Aberdeen as a city and the Aberdonian mindset that, that comes through in your work and that you have you have really looked to to hone in on in your characters?
4: Well, every story has to be set somewhere, um, and I set mine in the northeast of Scotland because this is where I've lived most of my life. You know, I've been here for what forty eight years now, um, so I've kind of naturalised. I think that kind of thing. When you write about the place that you've grown up, it can't help but to seep into the characters and the situations and the descriptions and the humour and the people. Um, I, I think it would be very difficult to just completely get away from where you're from.
1: And you use Scottish words quite a lot in your work as well, so are you thinking about Scottish audiences when you're writing, or are you just writing as, as it comes to you? Do you think about the Americans, and perhaps that they might not understand some of these words that you're using, or, or does that not bother you? Um, a lot of the time, I think it's, it's
4: fairly clear from the context okay. what the word is, and of course my publishers are based in London. So they won't let me get away with an awful lot of uh, of the local dialect. Um, so, in, for example, the when the first book came out, the editorial discussion back and forth. I would put "suk," and it would come back to re- corrected to "suck." And I would change it back to "suk." it come back to that and i have to "No, this is this is how we say it in yeah. in, in, in Scotland. This is it, it's you 'suk' something A yeah. Through that, yes. that was another. That was a bit of a fight as well. What's the English translation for shuggle? Well, oh, you can't really... He shuggled in his seat. It's much better than... Yeah. He shifted it from left to right in his seat and wiggled a little bit. It's, it doesn't work, does it? Oh, yeah. was a
1: brilliant one. He gave the table a shuggle. You, know,
4: you, you can see these things.
1: You can see these things. And Aberdeen becomes a focus for crime rating through the, the Granite Noir Festival, which you've been involved in. Oh, yes, I am the um, official festival ambassador. Which
4: means I get to sort of scurry up to people and go... Ferrero Rocher, eh? <laughs> in as creepy a way as possible.
1: <laughs> and how was the reaction been like to the festival? Well, it's it's
4: great, and it's so nice to actually have a book festival again in, in Aberdeen—a proper standalone, nothing else, just a book festival. Mm-hmm. It's, it's anything that celebrates reading has to be just magnificent. And we, I think, we need more of them. We need we need more of these kind of festivals. There is a whole world of books out there, and. It's, it's really lovely to see Aberdeen starting to celebrate that.
1: Am I right in saying that you've got a dissecting room I, named after you? I do indeed, yes. There is the Stuart McBride Dissecting Room
4: in the Val McDermott Mortuary.
1: How did that come about?
4: Um, well, Dame Professor Sue Black, as she is now known, uh, decided that what she really wanted to do was completely revitalise the, the facilities for teaching forensic science and particularly anatomy, Uh, at Dundee University so they came up with this this process um, of preserving bodies which is just spectacular it is it's amazing how lifelike actual human remains can be made to be so that people studying anatomy and studying forensics and studying surgery and studying dentistry can actually learn on cadavers that look like real people look because once something's gone through the, the traditional method of formaldehyde and all these things, everything changes colour. So Sue, Sue decided that um, what she needed to do was raise a million pounds for this, this, this facility. It was actually a lot more than that that she needed to raise, but it sounded a bit more doable. Um, so she got in touch with uh, crime writers that she knew and the idea was that a dozen of us would uh, help to raise funds. So Val McDermott managed to raise the the most money. I, um, I likely came a very close second. So uh, Sue decided that because it had been so close, rather than just have one winner, and where they would name the mortuary after Val McDermid, uh, that they would name the dissecting room after me. So there is there is the plaque. I have been down and seen it outside the dissecting room that says the Stuart McBride Dissecting Room. And are you proud of that? I'm hoping they're not going to suddenly turn up and go. Right, we've got the building named after it. Come on, it's time to
1: dissect you. And you do have other talents. You're not just a crime writer. So, I believe there was uh, something to do with stovies.
4: Yes, yes, I was world stovies champion in 2014, and that's making rather than eating. And if you've never had stovies, uh, you, you just haven't lived.
1: Describe for for those of us, one of those listeners that don't know what a stovie is.
4: What is well, it? Well, stovies, I would say, tie for what's actually Scotland's national dish. Because very few of us actually eat haggis on a regular basis. Stovies are leftover meat cooked down with onions and stock and potatoes or tatties, preferably, tatties. Uh, until it's a big, unctuous, gloopy, massive, just umami, delicious meatiness. It's just one of the nicest, most comforting things you can possibly eat. And if you go to my website, you can actually find the world champion recipe
1: um, put up there. And you've been perfecting this for years in your own kitchen? Oh yes, years and years and years. I'll be sure to hunt down that recipe. Stuart, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and talking to us. Be lovely. Hope you enjoy Aberdeen. So after a wonderful few days in Aberdeen, I'm about to hit the road home. It's a long drive back to Glasgow, and I think I need a good playlist to accompany me. Fortunately, I'm stopping by the Lemon Tree to speak to Stephen Milne, who's the
3: man who books all the bands that come in here.
1: Stephen, can you
3: help me? Absolutely, yeah. We're very lucky that we feature a lot of sort of trad folk, but also uh, contemporary music in our programme. So... We've had everyone at the venue, from Man Ran and Scary Boar to Elephant Sessions and Lau and bands like Tide Lines we've got coming up, and there's a real love for that music up in the northeast, and it's probably present all over Scotland, but uh, particularly in Aberdeen too.
1: These are bands that have a traditional element, but also have a modern twist to their music.
3: Yeah, I would say so for, for sure. And uh, For example, we're doing the Lau Land event with Lau coming up, and... They're by no means traditional from album to album, as you, as you probably know. So there's aspects of traditionalism in it, but there's always twists on it all the time. And then you have bands like Nightworks, which really wouldn't sound out of place at a
1: big festival.
3: Yeah, exactly. And we haven't, we haven't actually had them play the venue yet, but we're really we're working on it. And uh, I've seen Fujin play in the Barlands, and it's crazy to see how many people are you know going wild to that. And you can well imagine it going down well in the summer too. Excellent. That
1: gives me a lot to work with
3: and I'm ready for the journey home. No problem. Happy to help.
1: Now that I'm feeling inspired by all that Aberdeen has to offer, it's time to draw this episode to a close. But I might just have to search out a few more pieces of street art before I hit the road home. Until next time then, happy travels. For
0: more stories from Scotland... Listen and subscribe to a hundred thousand welcomes. And if we've inspired you to visit Scotland, plan your trip at visitscotland.com forward slash podcast.